0: Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Dan Rogers. I'm a partner with Watson, Farley, and Williams here in New York. I principally engage in financing of ships, usually on the lender side, but sometimes also on the owner's side. We do traditional shipping and offshore from our office in New York. And today, I'm pleased to be the moderator for this panel of distinguished uh, shipping and offshore finance people Uh, Immediately to my left is Amit Winalda, who is the Head of Shipping Americas at ABN AMRO. Next to him is Fong Zhuzhu, who is the Head of Shipping Finance at Bocom Leasing out of China. Then we have uh, Shreyas uh, Chipokate, who is the Head of E. MEA shipping and logistics at city. Finally we have Tor Ivar Hansen from DNB and we also have Martijn van Til over at DVB. So we'd like to make the most of our time today and so without further ado, I'm gonna sort of get into our, uh, our, our discussion. Um, I think where we want to start is on a broad basis today, gentlemen, and I think the simple question is, what deals are getting done in the banking market right now, and we'll turn to leasing as an adjunct to that. Amit, why don't uh, you take us through what you're seeing on your end?
1: Sure. Um, yeah, so, you know, compared to the beginning of the year, I think we were, uh, when we sat here last March, we were a bit uh, looking outside in the market and seeing many banks not being out there. Uh, which was uh, all of a sudden, I think uh, when the, basically uh, April started, somebody you know, turned on the switch and uh, it's, you know, it seemed like that many banks are actually back in, uh, you know, uh, all, all over the banks that we were afraid were actually exiting the markets altogether came back in. So you see uh, you know, the, the usual deals are still being done out there, anywhere between 50 to 60% leverage on uh, all sorts of uh, subsectors actually. Um, we do see a trend where there's need, uh, Well, actually we do see a trend you know, moving away from non-recourse deals, right? So that's, uh, I think, uh, slowly going to be, uh, you know, the past and the future. There needs to be some form of guarantee also with you know, changing the change in regulations from Basel. So that's definitely something that's uh, uh, changing the landscape.
0: Thank you. I'm going to go down on the banking side, then we'll come back for the leasing alternative. But um, Shreyas, what, what, what do you see uh, from your perspective at Citi?
2: Um, so, so for City, I think there's one uh, caveat here. We, we look at all of logistics um, uh, together, and shipping is a subset of that, and there are, there are subsectors within that. So I think it's important when we talk about what kind of deals, I'm also including in this Things like terminals, I'm including floating LNG, and floating uh, infrastructure of various kinds. And those are the deals that are getting done. So where you have a clear cash flow story, where you have a real relevance to the way infrastructure needs to develop in the world today, and there are people coming in with proper equity, there are good, strong partners, those deals get done. If it is questionable, small, and dodgy, then it won't get done. I mean, that's, that's uh, simply good banking. So. From a very broad perspective, as you said, Dan, um, when you look at logistics, i.e. moving things from A to B, uh, whatever is good cash flow, not so much on security. Security is a good to have from our perspective, but good cash flow, good counterparties, that's really the key.
0: Thank you. Tor Ivar, uh, do you um, also at DNB focus on cash flow more than um, asset value these days?
3: I think uh, cash flow has always been the uh, the primary driver of any credit decision when it comes to you know uh, deciding both on targets and also uh, quite frankly how much capital you want to commit to, to certain transactions I mean this industry will always have an element of uh, this LTV MVC Collateral coverage—you can name it uh, any way you want—but at the end of the day, uh, banks uh, will look at some form of collateral. When they, at least, when they look at commodity-based shipping, if you will, tankers, products, uh, dry bulk, etc. Uh, so again, to to Amit's point, I think um, you know this year started uh, slow, but uh, it really ramped up in terms of uh, you know activity uh, in terms of um, the few uh, companies out there that can do deals. Uh, what I see is that there's uh, a lot of focus on a few lenders that are still uh, maintaining uh, you know active portfolios and continue to lend at uh, you know very favorable pricing to certain uh, key companies and uh, and sort of focusing on that niche of the of the market if you will uh, maybe more interesting is maybe something that you don't necessarily see too much of these days which is uh, uh, you know maybe something we can talk about as well but um, you know, the, the largest syndicated transactions have been fewer and f- further apart. There's been much more sort of small, whether it's club or, or, or bilateral transactions uh, that I've seen. Maybe with the exception of some of the logistics transactions that uh, the Shreyas and city has been very successful with, uh, obviously uh, bigger transactions need uh, larger syndicated deals.
0: Martin, where does DVB position itself in this market?
3: Um, yeah,
4: DVB always has had its own little DNA. We we traditionally keep close to uh, the asset. Uh, of course, counterparty uh, uh, recourse are important, but I think we're one of the one of the few, if not the last one, that is that is comfortable still looking at uh, non recourse, uh, even in the spot market. Of course, we'll will tune um, our, our leverage towards you know making making those cash flows work and. Take, take a risk that is uh, still acceptable. Um, but typically those are deals that still get done. So moderate leverage, liquid assets, uh, non-speculative uh, for, for existing clients or for new clients, uh, but serious ship owners. Um, PE back doesn't matter. Uh, as long as there's a non-speculative uh, element, we're, we're, we're good to go.
0: Great. Let's take a look at the flip side of this, and let's talk a little bit about leasing. Uh, what uh, sort of deals does BOCOM focus on? Is there any particular favored uh, sector that is particularly appealing to to BOCOM leasing?
5: Uh, okay, for BOCOM leasing. Uh, especially in this year uh, we are focused on some uh, LNG deals because we think the market uh, formerly is at the bottom. Now now we see the chance to um, have a good market for LNG sector. Uh, In in other words we can say uh, it's in uh, clean green energy uh, sector so This year we are uh, focused on some LNG deals. Actually we do some good uh, LNG deals with for the LNG modern ships uh, with very low leverage. So uh, you know Nissan company normally do provide product different from bank with uh, higher leverage. But uh, this year we have some uh, good opportunity for LNG ship and with not too high leverage.
0: Do you see any pressure coming from um, other leasing products, such as Japanese leasing? Uh, how to say
5: Japanese leasing is always uh, very competitive uh, in terms of uh, cost, uh, Cost, especially for the uh, considering the, the cost level. They are always competitive with us, frankly speaking. But uh, Chinese leasing company, uh, in the Maybe we can say past five years, to have achieved some, uh, to made some good, uh, good deals, uh, not for the reason of the cost, but for the highest, uh, very high leverage, and uh, also uh, has a good opportunity to uh, enter into the market for, uh, when the market is the new price or the second hand vessels price is at very. Uh, uh, very low. So we think there are some reasons, even the cost is not too favorable for uh, Chinese leasing company, frankly speaking. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, let's talk about what types of deals don't get done these days. And I guess, why don't you continue from the leasing perspective? What types of deals you would not be interested in doing? Um, I don't know,
5: for other companies, what they will do or will not, but for Bocom mission, that is very clear. Um, if when the market, how to say, if the balance seemed uh, not in good uh, order, good in, uh, in uh, the demand is or the, the, the supply is more than the, the demand, we will be very careful to enter into that market. That's the reason in the past two or three years, actually, we have not uh, made uh, uh, many uh, dry bulk ships, especially from 2012 and to 2014 or 2015, uh, we are focused on container ships. And uh, in 2016, actually, we are interested in, uh, in tankers and uh, we have a lot uh, encouraged I to say we have not invested uh, too much in dry bulk in the past uh, past uh, few years,
0: yeah. Okay. And
5: uh, also for VLCC, considering the uh, crude oils, uh, oil pollution liability, so we are also not interested in VLCC deals, yeah.
0: Understood. Well, let's see what the uh, banking view is. How is it at ABN? Is there any sectors that you're less favorable on than others?
1: Well, I have to say, and I think I've, uh, I've said it in March also, we are open for all subsectors. We just tailor the deal to where the sector is currently in the market, right? So it needs to fit certain criteria. We're looking at LTV, we're looking at earning capacity, and then we structure the deal to the underlying subsector. Um, and I think that's, that's actually the most important. So, uh, you know, if it wouldn't fit any of that, right, if they request for the certain type of leverage, let's say high in the LTVs, right, where you cannot sustain in a certain level, then that deal is not going to be done by ABN AMRO, right? So, uh, especially if you look at uh, you know spot employment, you know if spot employment above 55 percent or you know 60 percent leverage, that's I, I think that's that's difficult for us uh, as a bank. The other thing, and I don't want to get ahead of some of the questions that are coming, but we we definitely stay away from uh, speculative new building financing.
0: That's interesting. What about Citi? What do you feel about new building financing? How does that strike you?
2: Um, Well, it depends on how it's structured. I mean, we wouldn't really want to go, um, and sort of to paraphrase uh, what Tori said earlier, the question is, is it the best use of our capital? And if it isn't, we wouldn't do it. Usually, the the answer is for regular high flow, well-regarded clients, we would do those financing simply because there is a a story behind why we would do it. Is, Is there a capital market stakeout? Is there an export credit agency, a wrap RAP that makes it interesting? Uh, is there a big enough bank group that makes syndication interesting? And maybe you are the sole book runner, there's a fee there. Uh, it all depends on capital and the returns that the transaction actually generates for, uh, for, that, for that capital. So I don't think that there are um, particularly any great desires within my organization to fund new, new, um, new fleets, uh, given where we are on most of our supply-demand metrics. Um, notwithstanding all the tiny bumps that we saw in, the, in Adrian's presentation earlier. Uh, there, is, there is certainly a lot of cleaning up to do. Uh, we will see what happens with the scrubber and sulfur regime, uh, but given where we are, um, it depends really on the client, I guess, is the very, very short answer.
0: Well, I think that raises an interesting question about clients. Um, are you open for new clients? Tor Ivar, would you like to field on that?
3: Sure I think um, <clears throat> um, first of all, uh, we were always interested in looking at new opportunities and new business, uh, you know but the big caveat is really what uh, what Reyes was, uh, was so um, so very well put if you will, uh, the best use of capital and also uh, the the velocity of how you can use that capital for some clients uh, and uh, and certain industries and uh, segments uh, it 's more interesting um, maybe because of consolidation opportunities or um, you know other things that we feel can create uh, business opportunities going forward, raising capital, capital markets takeout, bond issuances, equity raises, you name it. Again, uh, you know, again paraphrasing sorry, is that the big picture is what that drives the, the business decisions. And if a new client or new company or new investor, be it private, private equity, or private, private, uh, you name it. Uh, we will be there to look at it and, and consider it, and, and always be there to try to provide the best possible service we can provide to, to the client, uh, again, considering the, the overall business perspective.
0: Great. Martin. what about a DVB? Are there any sectors that are more difficult for the bank to consider, and also, are, how do you feel about any new clientele at this time? Um.
4: Asset, asset is important for us, so uh, we, we would stick to uh, the more liquid markets. Uh, I think um, uh, offshore we're completely out of, in terms of new lending. Um, I don't think that uh, cruise or, or ferries is something uh, we, uh, we would go back into. So we, we, stick, we stick to main, mainstream, in terms of assets. We, the type of deals we do, we need, uh, we need liquidity, uh, and, and that's what we look for. In terms of new clients, uh, we've we've always been open to new clients, uh, be it you know well-established shipping companies that you know want us as a bank, or be it uh, a PE that uh, uh, wants to enter uh, on some sort of basis, and and obviously will will you know give them a deal uh, structure that, that fits that particular profile, but not not dogmatic at all towards new clients. To the contrary.
0: So, at DVB, there really wouldn't be an emphasis on clients that have intentions in going public, for example?
4: No, that's, that's nice, I mean, uh, obviously, but uh, we, 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 we do very well with, uh, with smaller owners. Uh, uh, that you know, We're not a big bank ourselves, so we appreciate that. And if we can add value for, for a growing company that, uh, that has you know, a good business going for them. Why not? That's helping.
0: Let me switch over to Citi to get, you know, a sort of a, a big bank view on this. Um, do you feel that uh, company going public is a, a, a good factor, something that is a plus in your analysis? Well, I know what my investment
2: banking colleagues want me to say on this one, and obviously <laughs> the answer is, yes, go public. It's amazing. Um, the reality is that um, dealing with a lot of private families in shipping, um, it's clear that there are many benefits to remaining private which um, are not at all evident to people who don't deal with them on a regular basis. So simply having the freedom, operational freedom to do uh, what you think is right, and it can go both ways, because we've seen what's happened in some sectors where you know, he, did, he bought a ship, so I must buy a ship sort of uh, mentality. But I think there is a lot happening within some of the larger clients in, across all sectors. Actually, there is a big generational change coming, And within that generational change is embedded the desire to have better corporate governance. Sometimes the next generation doesn't want to be in the shipping game. So there are lots of things which are going to drive the public-private decision within that family dinner table. Um, From a bank perspective, we seem to basically just give the best advice. Obviously, that's what we want. Equity private private holding and public holding is one thing, but I think for very Good reasons, uh, which we can discuss in the next question if you want, and but I think for very good reasons, diversifying into the public debt markets is something that shipping sorely needs. Uh, we are seeing a significant reduction in available bank capital. I mean, this has been a theme for the last perhaps six, seven years now and across all these conferences. But when you have a well developed capital markets strategy, it does drive a lot of the Um, uh, sort of corporate governance basics that will be needed when the company eventually goes public on the private side, on the equity side. That fact, I think, is not probably the most important thing when a family thinks about going public, but having that discipline around high yield markets or investment grade markets, there are very few investment grade companies in shipping, but there are a couple, and having that discipline certainly helps with how you're going to look at hiring maybe a CEO, or a CFO that's coming from outside, um, and and the discipline that surrounds that. So I think there are, there are arguments both ways, but to answer your, your question, I think being public confers obviously some um, flexibility around equity and sharing of that risk. However, staying private, especially in today's environment, where within Liner, for example, you are seeing consolidation which allows you to perhaps position foreign I hate the word oligopoly, but, but there is a logistics um, set that is developing around, around these lander companies that includes terminals, includes land logistics. It's a very interesting time to be private because you can do a lot more things and you don't have to explain to anyone what your thinking is and people questioning you. Uh, so stay private until you can't afford to anymore, I guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good advice. Um, Amit, what do you think is the, is, the, is the path forward for companies? Should they be diversifying their financial tools? Should they be going public? Or as Shreyas um, just suggested, stay private until they really need to go public. How do you see that?
1: I think, uh, to a large extent, I agree with uh, my colleague at CT. Uh, you know, the, 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 one of the issues is, uh, just to, f- to discuss a little bit the flip side, if you're, you're a listed entity and your market is doing well, you're earning a lot of cash, your investors would want you to invest more, which actually, you know, has been correlated, you're going to be potentially buying assets at a too expensive price, right? That's and then right. Instead of you know, trying to beef up liquidity and, and weather for the storm to come, right, which is, it is a cyclical business at the end of the day. But, you know, I do agree that if you get a certain size of company uh, and, and you're listed and you can also diversify potentially, maybe even you know, in, within your subsector or to different subsectors uh, and be large enough and indeed play also the, uh, the debt uh, capital markets as well, then it, it, it can make a lot of sense. Uh, But so far, you know, we haven't seen that many companies being able to do that. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of uh, shipping companies going to the debt capital markets as of yet. I think the other interesting, uh, potentially, diversification of uh, funding will potentially be, you know, the private placement of debt. So not so much the public debt, but maybe trying to get debt placed with uh, insurance companies, pension funds and the likes, right? So that may be an interesting angle too.
0: Thank you. Tor Ivar, since you run DNB markets, obviously I would think that you would be keen on some of the more uh, public debt or even you know private placements of debt that we've just discussed. Um, what do you think is the right way forward for shipping companies in this area?
3: I, I certainly see the merits of both being private and, and being public. And, and again, I think the, 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 um, the focus of DNB markets uh, over the past uh, you know, few years uh, have been very much uh, towards helping companies as uh, soon as they get uh, public, both on the equity side and the public uh, debt side. But again, <coughs> it really depends uh, at the end of the day on the on the strategy of, of, of the owner, if you will. I mean, uh, it was mentioned here, family ownership. Uh, obviously, that's been a huge part of shipping, and still is a huge part of shipping in, uh, in the, on a day-to-day basis. And uh, I really see the, the merits of being a private owner as long as you Again, uh, work uh, uh, diligently towards uh, diversifying your, your sources of capital uh, which uh, traditionally has only been uh, uh, the bank market. Um, you know the private placement market is definitely uh, a market that uh, industry should consider more and more. Uh, one of the big uh, hurdles in that market obviously is uh, that the insurance companies in the u s at least have uh, uh, some very strict requirements regarding their their, their capital allocation towards uh, uh, you know riskier assets, uh, basically meaning that I think 97% of all they invest in has to be investment grade, uh, i.e., triple B minus and above. And as uh, Sheree put it, there's not that many investment grade shipping companies out there. Now, I think there is um, some. Room for improvement here in the shipping uh, industry, considering sort of the third party rating uh, um, conundrum, if you will. Do I get rated, uh, or, you know, and if so, do I do it uh, publicly or do I uh, do it on a private basis? And I think there are uh, very much um, uh, some good arguments for going private uh, on the private letter rating side. Uh, Whether it's on a project basis, if you have a a 10, 15, 12, 8, 9-year charter to an investment-grade counterparty, you can easily monetize the contract on that asset and and get very favorable financing in the private placement market. Uh, But there also are some structural uh, corporate considerations that I think companies should do, both private companies as well as public companies that don't necessarily want to go to the public bond market for whatever reason. Um, anyways, I, I, I do see the merits of both, and, uh, and again, we are hap- very happy to help uh, companies whether it's private placement debt or public debt.
0: Thank you. Uh, Fang Juju. is it easier to work in a leasing structure with publicly listed companies who have a more broad-based uh, sources of capital behind them? Does that help in the bank's analysis as to whether to do the deal?
5: No, I don't think so. Because for for this company, uh, we look for the uh, when we provide a higher leverage product to our clients, uh, we are mainly focused on the asset value. When the asset value is uh, at the bottom and the meantime the market for that type of ship is good, then we can do the high leverage and we don't care the public a lot. You know, sometimes the public company still be very small one.
0: Right, okay. You know, let's talk, switching it over a little bit, let's talk about private equity and its role in the market. I, I, I don't know how this plays in the, in the, in the leasing context. Um, obviously, private equity companies can come in and own ships uh, in conjunction with traditional ship owners as an equity play. They are also providers of debt capital. Do you see um, um, private equity involved uh, in the transactions you're working on at, at BOCOM?
5: Uh, so far, not too much uh, private equity being involved in our uh, structure. You know, we, our product is different from the, the bank, the leverage is already high, so uh, normally we just, uh, as I just said, we just see the, the asset value, the cash flow, and uh, especially for the client's uh, reputation and so on. So. Uh, so far, not too much was equity, private equity involved. Yeah.
0: Thank you, yeah. Martin, what's the view at DVB? Do you see private equity continuing to play a significant role in, in shipping finance?
4: Uh, yeah, uh, first of all, uh, a, a lot is in already. so whether so they whether have whether trouble
0: getting out <laughs> is that your point?
4: Whether they like it or not they're, <laughs> they're there to play. Uh, that being said, I mean there's, there's, there's still Private equity players that that take a hard look at the space and, and they they I mean of course they're smarter than the guy that uh, that went in front of them, so yeah there's 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 demand uh, and 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 we'll will entertain, sure,
0: well, that's good. Well, um, uh, Shreyas, what, what's your view on private equity? You see them fading away or hanging around? Uh, how do you how do you view it at City?
2: Well. Um, They are some of our biggest clients, so we would only wish them well. Um, They play a very, very important role, actually. I think we, as I said before, we need more sources of debt. We need more sources of equity. We need people to take risks uh, around new things that are emerging. For example, automation, digitization. I would love to see private equity come into automated warehouses and floating LNG and technologies around that, which actually might be out of reach for some of the smaller or uh, more risk-averse um, logistics families, uh, they're absolutely welcome, and actually they are playing a part uh, in these in these technologies. So uh, debt, equity, please bring it on, uh, and, and we have excellent partnerships with good operating companies uh, that can lay the groundwork for, for a bigger strategy, so, so very valuable partners.
0: So you would see it principally as an, as an enhancement to cash flow again? Is that really where this is falling into place, or do you see it as something else?
2: Um, I think from, an, from the operating company in which they would invest, I think that's not really much of an env- enhancement of cash flow because they, they should really rely on what that business model is. But I think their connectivity across uh, different parts of logistics, across automation, across new investments, across venture capital, that stuff is really, really important for us to be able to connect better with. And um, I, I, I just, I'm very excited, actually. By, by what, what they can bring to the table. We, we are, for too long, we've been in this sort of you know, asset financing kind of mode around, around shipping. I think we need to look at what the future is, what digitization is going to um, uh, make new opportunities uh, arise for us uh, around drones, around data gathering, around um, artificial intelligence. Uh, we, we are simply not doing enough. So, for, for that kind of discipline, for that kind of connectivity, I think private equity uh, and their own digitization um, um, sort of funds, small funds and small strategic teams, those are very useful.
0: Okay, let's, because uh, we're running a little bit low on time, let's talk about M&A a little bit and the bank's roles in that. Amit, uh, would you like to discuss anything on that front? Do you feel there's enough bank capacity to facilitate such transactions?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think it is. I think that uh, it makes a lot of sense um, uh, for some of the companies to go, you know, combine uh, forces. I think that uh, you know, usually they're financed uh, on both sides, and, and banks are willing to, uh, you know, to support that. Uh, I think that's also on the advisory side. Uh, you know, there are banks out there that uh, can definitely uh, make a difference and make the deal happen uh, on the on the financial advisory side. Uh, you know, it's not always. There's not always the need to just go through, uh, through, let's say, the S&P broker. Sometimes it just makes sense to do things you know, off-market and really discuss it between two owners separately, which I think uh, adds a lot of value uh, you know, doing that through, through the banks that, uh, that support you. Uh, so, that, yeah, that's definitely a strategy in the way we work with, uh, with our clients, absolutely. And uh, we will support those M&A deals.
0: Yeah.
3: Thank you. Tor, Ivar, what are
0: you, what's your view on that?
3: That's a great question. I, I'm, I'm wondering if Amit... Uh, if uh, is correct because I'm, I'm, I'm not sure uh, if you look at the big uh, shipping companies and, and the amount of debt they have um, there, there's going to be a question among some banks about the concentration risk once you start consolidating. Now, I hear the point on the, on both sides being banks and, you know, uh, they team up and they sort of take a, a piece of a, a bigger, better chunk, if you will, but, you know, the reality is that in MA transactions, unless it's really, like, defensive and, and for some miraculous reason you find two people who just agree about everything. Uh, it's usually done in connection with uh, uh, some form of, of uh, an acquirer paying something uh, as a premium uh, of the acquiree, right? So, uh, it's, uh, it's event-driven transactions of, of very large sizes, uh, you know, I'm talking billions, You know, maybe it's, a, again, hard to say a nominal figure, but I would say that very big bank-driven M&A transactions, I'm questioning whether they can be done purely on the back of, of banks. I would say that There may be need to be some form of uh, both equity rates and maybe some form of public that uh, to to sort of uh, cushion the blow, if you will. I mean, we're looking at fairly big transactions uh, these days in the, uh, not necessarily shipping market, but more sort of uh, um, contract-driven offshore logistics market. And, uh, you know, we're talking 1.2, 1.4 billion dollar transactions. And... And I think the cons- consensus amongst the banks is that even that amount, uh, again, backed by very strong contracts, is just too much for uh, 10, 15 banks to hold on a, on a 10, 15-year basis. So it's just uh, the, co- the, the conversation turns very quickly into how can we turn some of these things, uh, some of this debt out in the capital markets.
0: Well, uh, Shreyas, what's the view from Citi on that, since I know you guys are involved in a lot of M&A work?
3: No, I mean, uh, don't worry, I mean it's
2: has hit the nail on the head. Uh, all transactions that we've been involved with um, uh, have had distinct capital markets strategies right after the um, uh, bank financing was was uh, not even dry, really. Um, and that is really the only way to do it. I mean, we, we, we've seen what, CMA-NOL, um, HAPAG-USC, and, um, and Hamburg Sud, APMOL, I mean, all of these are going to be evidently capital markets risk-shared, so I totally, totally agree with that. I think from an MA perspective, uh, the, the financing angle itself is pretty much really standard. I mean, you you have an element of uh, uh, um, a step up pricing to encourage the client to, to go to the capital markets. But other than that, it's not really that different from what we would, how we would approach a, a normal large syndication. Uh, and of course, the partnership with the investment banking community internally and externally, uh, that, that that is the extra um, sort of element to it. But from a one billion or five billion perspective, I think it's the same amount of work.
0: All right, well we're out of time and I want to thank our panelists today for providing such a cogent insights into the current state of the banking and lease financing markets. And should you have any questions, I'm sure you can approach them over coffee or at any point during the day. Thank you very much for your time.